good morning and welcome to Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Monday, September the 24th. And I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Uh, not a great weekend for us here in the Valley of the Sun. The Diamondbacks continued their collapse. I guess they're out now. The Rockies swept them. ASU uh, lost to Washington. I'm not even going to talk about that other team. Uh, can hardly call it that. They lost as well. Uh, on the other side, Tiger Woods. He's back. He won uh, the Tour Championship. Uh, and somehow, I, don't, I think he won over a million dollars for that, but then somehow some FedEx points won another three million. He, he made uh, it's a good weekend for Tiger. He made just under five million bucks. Uh, the Dow getting hammered. You know, last week, I know that some people don't like when I just use common sense, uh, but I told you all, I don't want to pat myself on the back, give myself a self-high five. Uh, that the trade war was, was not getting better. It was actually getting worse, even though uh, last week, if you wanted to believe the idiots and the morons that trade the stock market, it was de-escalating. Uh, today, <laughs> today, apparently, uh, yeah, the uh, de-escalation was another false narrative kind of same thing going on with that Supreme Court justice. Uh, you almost got to start watching it now. I don't like to comment on stuff like that, but it's getting uh, sadder and sadder. And again, no real journalism being done here. Uh, instead, it's, it's, it's witch hunts and, and uh, headlines and sensationalism. And, and it really is just another example of what is really happening uh, when you talk about why it is that you need programs like this, why it is, you know, you think about uh, all the banning of social media and everything else that's happening out there. Everybody has lost their living minds. Uh, by the way, uh, gold reclaimed 1200 uh, Silver continues its march higher. Look out for crude oil. Up another dollar sixty six seventy two and a half dollars. Brent crude breaking through eighty dollars a barrel. We are about a week away from sanctions on Iranian oil. Uh, we'll have to see, but it looks like I think the key to that deal is going to be India. China's already said, "Hey, we don't care what you do. We're buying it." Uh, Turkey, same thing. Uh, India, the other big buyer, and really it's, it's China, India, and then you know Turkey and Iraq uh, are the big buyers for Iranian crude. But uh, if India uh, uh, tries to go along, which at least for today, they can't not buy some, right? The, the problem is they buy so much, they can't not buy it by any. Uh, but they are, it appears that they're going to try to buy less from them, uh, which means there's just not enough to go around. Uh, we could, could we see $80 a barrel in, in NYMEX? Yes. Uh, could we see something worse? It just depends. 
800-951-0592 is the toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com. Uh, as we reminded you last week, uh, Wendy's in the shipping room. She is chained to the shipping table. Uh, we are doing the metals plan a little early this month. Uh, she is actually going to be, she's got a big trip planned. She was she was actually telling me the trip that she's going on. And, you know, I guess that's what you do. Uh, she is going to visit places that, uh, you know, are, are off the beaten trail in Colorado, in New Mexico, Utah, Arizona. Oh, she, she, she heard me. She's in here. What? I said they're off the beaten trail. I'm going to Durango, Colorado. All right. That's probably the least of the beaten trail. That, you know, Durango is a touristy place. We're going to be there Thursday, John and I, in Durango. And, and then if anybody, any of our clients live there, so let me know. We can get together. And then uh, we're going to go to Farmington, New Mexico. Where? Nobody lives there. Yeah, right, uh, right. Nobody lives in Farmington, so. But you're going. We're going. Is there something there? The Four Corners. Oh, that's why you're the going. States meet. That is, that's where it is. I didn't know. Yeah. Because why yeah. go there? But there, there's this one little spot. Yeah, right where it, it's Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming. Is it Nevada? I don't know. I just know it's the Four Corners. But anyway. wow! So, so I'm leaving Wednesday. <laughs> We're not good at geography, no, apparently. No, so I, I'm chained in the back because I really want to get you guys metal plans out before I leave. So that's about it. Yeah, she was actually annoying the you know what out of me about it. Yes. So the uh, yes. Yes, yeah, so anyway, we are going to, uh, by the way, the other fourth corner was Colorado, Colorado. Utah, Arizona, and uh, I'm going to say New Mexico. So I apologize yeah, for not knowing that it was Colorado. I, I, I didn't know either, but anyway, that's about it. I have to go back and be a slave now. Bye. Okay, there you go. So uh, the medals program, again, look, it's going to be a week early this this go-around. And we're going to make the attempt. We're attempting to have them all done uh, this week. There may be a straggler or two. If that is the case, you'll have to wait a week when Wendy gets back. Uh, if you want, don't know what we're talking about, go out to allamericangold.com. Read about our medals program. It's the best in the business. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800 uh, that is our toll-free number. Uh, the the big news, I guess, if you will, driving the the markets. Uh, the Dow's down 190 points right now. Uh, the Chinese have canceled talks. This, this was something that was done last week, which really frustrates. Now it wasn't made official till this weekend, but if I knew it, right, they all knew. Uh, they have canceled any talks, there, like I, and there won't be anything done uh, until after the midterm election. So that brings you to November. <laughs> There's not going to be any progress before January 1st, which means the tariffs go to 25%. Uh, and the Chinese are now saying they're getting ready to go on offense. And again, I don't know what that, that means yet. 
but as I've been saying all along, this is not going to end well. Now, having said that, I think it's great that it's not going to end well. Because as I've been saying for the last week and a half now, this isn't about American workers. This is about, again, more handouts to big business. Right? They want China to promise not to steal stuff. <laughs> I mean, think about Why would you do business with people that steal your stuff? And again, the reason is simple. Well, we get to get rid of all of our employees, and it's just a lot easier that way, and it's, it, our stock price is still going to go up, so let's do it. I mean, that's what they've done. And now we're supposed to do something about it? Listen, if you don't want them to steal your stuff, don't go over there. Pretty simple. Right? I, I, I think I just solved the problem. But they want to go there. See, and they want the Chinese to promise not to do bad things. And they want to be able to employ the Chinese people to help them develop even newer stuff. So if the trade war goes on, then maybe we will get jobs here. The problem is the inflation is going to to be rampant. Matter of fact, the other thing, I guess there's two things driving. The other driver was the ECB, right? That's the equivalent of our central bank. What did they come out and say today? They said, "Uh uh-oh, inflation's getting too hot and going to get hotter. And again, you know, you talk about what it is, what are we really looking at, and we've had this huge... You gotta just think about it this way. What did the central bank what was their objective when our central bank we brought rates to zero other central banks actually had rates go what go negative all central banks employed what they called quantitative easing now isn't isn't that a nice word quantitative easing what does that mean? Right? Why would we call it quantitative easing versus what it really was? We're going to create money out of thin air, and we're going to buy all this bad debt that's bogging down our too-big-to-fail bank, because that's what it was. Oh, the other thing, too, they bought a bunch of government debt as well. I got a funny feeling quantitative easing the roll off of it is going to end here soon and by soon the next 12 months because there's going to be <laughs> we may have a, a different problem where we need it to come back to pretend to buy all the debt that we're creating but here's what else was happening over the weekend and why on the weekends right why don't they announce these things Monday through Friday because they don't want you to know they do it on the weekends, only idiots like Double are going to know it and find them and talk about them. We had reports from Goldman Sachs and Bank of America over the weekend. Ten years 
after the Lehman bankruptcy. Okay, think about that. We're a little over now ten years from that. And again, go back to what I said. What was the central bank trying to do? And really, the all the global ones, they were mispricing the debt market. What the European Central Bank said today is the mispricing is about ready to go the other way. Our central banks go, oh, no, we got it under control. Inflation's only 2%. If you use a metric that doesn't even calculate inflation, then it's only 2%. And guess what? We'll have all these idiots come out on TV and regurgitate it. So people will actually maybe believe it. The financial elite obsessed what they uh, what they will send the world spiraling into the next financial crisis. Again, that leads you to believe that we got out of this one. I'm telling you, we didn't. We didn't get out. We've lied. We've covered it up. But now the smell is starting to come out. With household debt relatively uh, relatively tame. Now, the only reason how they get this number, again, they, I don't know if you noticed this, and we probably didn't talk about this enough. A couple of months ago, the Federal Reserve changed the way they calculate the savings rate and said, see, oh, Americans got a lot more money than we thought. Well, and then really what happened was the billionaires had a lot more money to sway this rate. Uh, don't believe it. Look at what is real. Every single form of debt and I'm talking about household now mortgage credit card auto student loan are all at record high they said and by the way at least in this article they're talking that maybe down the line at some point student loans are going to be forgiven. I'm going to tell you, uh-uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. It, it, they started talking about a different type of debt that's going to be the problem. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's actually all types. See, this is what's different this time. It's not just student loans not just mortgages or credit cards or auto loans. It's not the consumer. And remember, what really caused the crash? When consumers stopped paying the mortgage. And by the way, now that they've done it once, we'll do it again. Right? Because for years they convinced us that would never happen. We learned different, didn't we? It'll happen again. But now they're saying we've got other debt problems. 
corporate debt. And I've been saying this for a while, zombie companies, and I know it's hard. You don't, a lot of people, you don't want to talk about them. We don't want to understand how a lot of these companies are still in business. Sears, Cayman, retails are easy, right? The Sears, the JCPenney's, the Macy's, they're all bankrupt, every one of them. And so are thousands of other companies. But what they were able to do was they were able to take all the existing debt they had and refinance it at 0%, 1%, They didn't pay the debt off. See, they've been making the interest payment on the debt. <laughs> and remember, companies don't borrow like we do. Most companies, at most, borrow for seven years, and then they've got to refinance. Now, Goldman Sachs, over the weekend, said, hey, get ready. As all of these, quote-unquote, zombies come to refinance, they're not going to be able to make the payment. 2018 is likely to be the first year that the average interest expense is expected to start ticking higher. Right? you got to remember, what did they try to misprice? They wanted to misprice debt so they could do two things. Number one, blow the debt up. By the way, we hit $21.5 trillion today. Congratulations. August 1st, the deficit was 21.17. It's now at 21.5. You can do math. We're going to add $400 billion in two months. And it's only going to get worse. So they mispriced this debt. And it made bankrupt companies appear to be solvent. It made barely solvent companies look like they were doing okay. And it made okay companies look like they were doing what? Great. And the few great companies that were out there made them look fantastic. Now Goldman says, after the new spike in rates, and by the way, we know we're going to get a rate hike on Wednesday. Let's not forget the Fed meets starting tomorrow. We're going to get a Fed hike then. I'm telling you right now, I don't see any way out of a Fed hike rate in December. Pushing rates even higher. And Goldman Sachs actually has put a number on the issue says the average maturity of new issuance in recent years, and they said uh, the last uh, 15 to 17 years, has risen for every year starting in the 1990s. See, this isn't a new problem. So picture this. Picture household debt in the 90s 
And we know what it's done, right? We're at record high. Picture federal debt since the 90s. We know what it's done, right? It's at record highs. Pension debt, record highs. Corporate debt, record highs. So this has been a huge blowing of a bubble. But here's what Goldman said has happened in the last 10 years. Skyrocketing. To the point that they said as rates catch up, the overall increase in the debt is going to be astronomical. And according to the bank's best estimate, by the way, give it six more months and we'll see what the estimate is, but we'll start with this one. $1.3 trillion of debt from our non-financial coverage. Okay, so take the banks out. Take out any of the Wall Street players. This is non-financial debt is going to be maturing in 2019 and 2020 that will not be repaid. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. If you were to talk to any financial advisor, they would tell you that high-stakes gambling is not the best road to financial success. Likewise, any legal scholar worth their salt will tell you that gambling our Constitution with an Article 5 Constitutional Convention is a risky way to try to fix the problems facing our nation. Article 5 of the Constitution says that amendments can be ratified by the states after going through Congress or a constitutional convention called by Congress. The convention method is completely untested, and not even the most ardent supporter of it can say that there is not a chance for it to go horribly wrong. That is why Phyllis Schlafly compared the convention method to playing a game of Russian roulette. There is only one safe bet when it comes to this untested clause of the Constitution. There is no doubt that the Supreme Court will get involved. The most basic function of the High Court is to judge cases on their constitutionality. If we were to exercise an untested clause today, who could honestly think that the court wouldn't be dragged into it? Let's get real. This is America. Somebody is going to sue somebody, and it will end up in the Supreme Court. Just look at the Trump administration. Our president can't eat a ham sandwich without getting sued for it. If we hold the Constitutional Convention, there are going to be more lawsuits floating around than there are missing Hillary Clinton emails. When these lawsuits are brought up, the Supreme Court will have a new part of the Constitution to meddle with. We want to curb the powers of the courts, not expand their powers. And that's just one of the reasons to reject any attempt to gamble with our Constitution. After all, to risk our Constitution is to risk the very cornerstone of our Republic. Please don't be suckered by the swindlers wanting you to play this dangerous game of Russian roulette. Just stop and ask yourself, 
How big a chance am I willing to take with our Constitution? This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Can activist judges be stopped, or will they continue to overturn laws with no regard for the Constitution or the will of the people? Connect with us at phyllisschlafly.com to hear alerts on rulings made by never-elected supremacist judges and to share your viewpoint. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. Gold's at 1201. Silver is at 1433. Our toll-free number, 800 800- Nine five one zero five nine two. What did they think was going to happen? Right, this isn't news. The Federal Reserve knew what these banks were doing. These idiots that go out on TV and tell you about the great rally in stocks—they know as well. See, the difference is they know what stocks not to buy. Us, on the other hand, not so lucky, right? That great 401k that they gave us all. Trust me, we'd much rather have the pensions back. But even that isn't going to be enough. Bank of America, again, over the weekend, saying that there's another problem. So think about this. We've got we've got a debt problem for a lot of these bad companies. That Goldman says uh, over the next two years we're going to see a lot more bankruptcies. So essentially, that's what that means. Hey, they're not going to be able to do it. They got to re they got to refi the debt, and the interest expense is going to be so much greater. It's going to put these companies out of business. Bank of America says there's another problem. It's called real estate. I've been waiting because I've been saying, you know, none of this makes sense. Apparently now the banks are, it's weird when everyone starts agreeing with me. Existing home sales have peaked. Now here, I'm going to give you a newsflash. They peaked last year. <laughs> but, but don't, you know, they're getting there now. They, they're willing to find, okay, well, okay. But it's true, they're not coming back. They said that is being reflective of declining affordability. That's a fancy way for saying there's been a lot of inflation in housing and uh, prices are too high. Greater price reduction and deteriorating housing sediment, sentiment, excuse me, in the latest weekly reports... And I don't mean to laugh, but this has been going on for months. But they come out and tell you, oh, no, it's not. It's an inventory. Remember, it's an inventory problem. And I kept saying, no, it's not. It's a pricing problem. As soon as all these $300,000 homes go to 200000 and the 200s go to one hundred, you get the idea, right? The 500s go to 300 it'll be better. The housing market is no longer a tailwind for the economy, but now a headwind. See, now one of the things that was making it okay 
And this is why numbers can be deceiving. The price of homes was rising while the sales were falling. But the rise in the price helped offset, obviously, the, the decline in the sales. In other words, the dollars were still about the same. Even though you sold less, more of them sold for a bigger number, and it kind of skewed it. Now Bank of America is saying we've done the math. Housing is going to be a net negative for GDP. Call your realtor. Bank of America noted in, in a note to its client, we are calling it existing home sales have peaked. So if you're looking to, to sell your house at the top, you may have missed it. They said now the peak was November of 2017. <laughs> that had been really helpful, you know, let's face it. Wouldn't it have been nice if back in August or September of 2017, B of A came out and told you, hey, listen, the peak's here. It's kind of, you know, it's already the end of September. Kind of laid down, and, oh, hey, well, it peaked a year ago. Just wanted to let you know that we're on top of it. They said that existing home sales, uh, not only have they peaked, they said there is a huge issue in affordability, and a simple regression test suggests it's going to be a while before home prices and home sales recover. And I'm going to tell you right now again, how did we hit this problem? How did we get to that problem? Who caused this problem? The answer? You got it. The central bank. They brought interest rates to zero, allowing people to what? Borrow more money. Because they could afford what? The payment. Because that's how Americans shop now anymore anyway, isn't it? How do we shop? We shop the payment. Right? How much is the car? I don't care about the no. What's it going to cost me every month? Right? That's what we care about. And this got allowed for this housing market to quote unquote recover. Right? Think about it. We've actually had declining home sales now for a couple of years, and yet price was still rising. Right, you go back to your economics 101 class, right? When sales fall, prices fall with it. But not in, hey, if we manipulate the debt market, we can create this anomaly. And now they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to go back to normalizing rates and, every, and all of these anomalies, they're going to be fine. Not fine. And, and again, either you do something about it or you don't, right? And you've seen all these classic signs of tops, right? The euphoria, 
right? We see it. Oh yeah, the the ever the consumer confidence number. What we'll call the record high soft data numbers. Uh, this this unemployment rate, which is at all time record lows, right? We and all of these things. These are all classic top signs. When you have rising prices and falling sales, what is that? Well, Bank of America just called it. Uh, it was a top. <laughs> right? And by the way, the top occurred a year ago. And you start to see the problem that we're in. And, and we talk about it from a debt perspective and from national debt, right? Larry Kudlow coming out and saying, hey, listen, we got to attack entitlement. See, it's entitlement. That's what's coming next. No permanent tax cuts. All of these things, they're coming after your wealth. They just don't want you to know that they're coming for your wealth. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Demand keeps rising. And again, Economics 101, supply and demand. I'll give you a great way of looking at it. So this way, it'll be easy for you to understand what is coming. Take the gold and silver market. Since the quote-unquote peak of housing, which was what, November of 2017, right? We, we've been in this for about the last year, year and a half probably, where we had not a lot of demand and a bunch of supply. Right? Think about it. we We... We sold silver eagles at two to two and a half dollars over spot for a lot of this year. We sold twenty dollar gold pieces between spot and fifty bucks over for months. And then the supply blew out. Right? The demand came roaring back. Now, there's no such thing as a backdated Silver Eagle. They're gone. Right? Silver Eagles are back to what? Three and a half to four dollars over spot. No backdate Gold Eagles. No backdate Ten Pounds Eagles. No backdate anything. Old Gold. Every day now, I've got a call just to see if I can sell something. Today we are we are in luck. We have XF twenties, right? This is one grade below AU. And again, we don't care about grade here, you know that. You want to buy gold for its gold content. We don't care about rare and unusual because most of the guys out there that are talking about rare and unusual, number one, they're not that rare, and two, they're not that unusual. But actual rare and unusuals, they, they cost millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Listen, they can be great investments if you're a true collector. The vast majority of us, we just want to get some wealth insurance. So we've got 
Not a ton, but it, it beats what we've had. We've got a 50 of these 20s. And these are liberties. 1866 to 1907. And again, here at Patriot, you don't pay for what we'll call the uh, collectible premium that the other dealers put on things. Right now, gold's up again, right? Gold's up five. These are going to be cheaper than our ungraded. Our raw 20s right now are 1335 Today, these are at 1310 There's 60 of them available. 800-951-0592. If you're looking for Silver Eagles, we've got them. They're just expensive. And I shouldn't even say expensive. They're just back to where they're they're probably going to be. They're $360 a roll. Who's been doing the buying? Well, I'm going to tell you one source. Central banks. Now, how many times? Remember what I tell you. How do you get ready? Look at what the central banks are doing. Forget about mispricing debt, right? We know they're doing that. But what have the central banks been doing since the mispricing of debt began? Because remember, up until the financial crisis, nobody heard of quantitative easing. Nobody even dreamed of bringing interest rates to zero, heaven forbid, going negative. Yet here we are. Central banks have now become one of the biggest players in the gold market. They now control over 10% of total market demand. Right, this isn't buying and selling. No, no, no. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about buying. Now, this wasn't always the case. Matter of fact, and I tell the story, when I started in gold, when Eric started Patriot 20-some-odd years ago, central banks didn't buy gold. Matter of fact, right, right? They tell you, no, you shouldn't own any gold, right? We'll, we sell gold. Ten years ago, central bankers were main suppliers in the gold markets as they would dump gold into the market, right? Remember, and I tell you about Europe, and, and they used to sell 500 metric tons a year, every year. Now they don't sell any. Matter of fact, if they don't have their gold in their own country, what do they do? Hey, uh, give it back to us. Their strategy was to depress the price. Central banks dumped over 2,600 metric tons of gold from 2003 to 2007. Think how idiotic they were. Right? Think about, again, remember, these people have no common sense. They want to believe their own bull. According to the data from the World Gold Council, the central banks over that four-year period dumped over 600 
metric tons of gold on the market every year. Of course, what was gold doing then? Yeah, it doubled in price from about three three fifty to seven hundred. So last year they sold. I'll let you know that, and then I'll let you know how much they're buying now. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Final segment on this Monday. Again, U.S. twenties. Uh, these these are one grade below AU. The twenty dollar Liberty gold pieces thirteen hundred and ten. At eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, gold's at twelve oh one, silver's at fourteen thirty two. The Dow is down a couple hundred points <laughs> as the de-escalation of the trade war apparently didn't materialize. But forever, I've been telling you to be your own central bank. Now I'm going to give you some numbers to back it up. The last year central banks sold gold was 2009. It was 34 metric tons. Right. So they went from 600 a year to 34. Since 2010, central banks have been net buyers every single year. Matter of fact, they've bought 3,700 metric tons. 3,700 metric tons. It doesn't even include this year's total, which by the way, will push it to about 4,000 metric tons. Central bank sales, or sales, central bank purchases do not seem to be relenting, according to the World Gold Council. Uh, so far, uh, they've bought 193 metric tons. That was the first half, so this number's a little old. So, And I know uh, already that there we're approaching 300 uh, metric tons, 10% by the way, of all of the gold demand in the world now coming out of these central banks. Now think about this. What did they used to do? Well, they used to sell gold and buy treasury. That's what they did. That's what they were doing with the money. <laughs> it wasn't like they were paying off debt, right? No! No! They are quote-unquote diversifying. They're still diversifying today. Instead of buying treasuries, they're buying gold. In other words, when there comes time for those treasury auctions, and we've talked about it at, at infinitum here, how they're not showing up like they used to, they don't roll all of it over anymore. Used to be, they'd roll it over and buy any additional debt we had to sell. By the way, you know who's buying it all? Pension funds. <laughs> right? Yeah, like that's going to help them. Not quite. 
but anyway, neither here nor that's a different show. But this is what they're doing. This is what they think of the world's fiat money. And it's not just dollars, it's euros, it's yen, it's all of the fiat money. Everybody's getting ready. Are you? 800-951-0592. Payton Radio News Hour. We'll talk again tomorrow.